0: Welcome in, everyone. You are listening to the Final Score podcast. Uh, Greg Swatek here with you in studio with my colleagues here at the uh, Frederick News Post Sports Department, John Cannon and Alexander Dacey. Uh, on this week's episode, after our uh, weekly discussion of Frederick County sports, uh, we'll talk to uh, Urbana Boys basketball head coach uh, Dave Cromer and uh, one of his best players, a uh, sophomore uh, guard forward, R.J. Roach, uh, who, who's having a great season for the Hawks. Uh, 33-point game uh, the other night in a big win over Ligonor, 75-72. It came down to the wire, and uh, Urbana made the plays that it needed to make uh, to win that game. So we'll talk to uh, Coach Cromer and RJ about that game. And uh, just about their season in general. Uh, uh, 13-5 are the Hawks as they head towards the playoffs. Uh, Big closing stretch here with games against Walkersville, TJ, and Frederick uh, to close the regular season. So we'll ask about that. And uh, we'll also uh, talk to uh, Coach Cromer about his day job, which is uh, being the head pro at Lakewood Country Club in, um, in Rockville. Um, so I'm sure uh, Coach Cromer will have some interesting golf stories uh, to share with us, too, uh, in addition uh, to his uh, basketball team. Uh, but like I said, John and Alexander are here. And, guys, we learned this week that Brody Buffington's mm-hmm. appeal of this track ruling that we talked about mm-hmm. last week uh, was denied. Uh, the original disqualification was upheld. And it's, it's just hard to fathom when, when, when you watch the video of it, which is circulated and has been uh, responded to by Olympic track athletes. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten a lot of views. Uh, Andy Mason of the Herald-Mail, over a million views uh, <laughs> on Twitter. It's hard to fathom how someone could watch that video. And think that it just wasn't an innocent little
1: celebration, right? Did we talk about that? I don't, I, did we explain everything? that uh, uh, did, 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 happened Saturday. Uh, I, think uh, hap- yeah, ha- no, I think it happened. Yeah, no, I think it happened. I'm
0: sorry. Yeah. We, we did not talk about this last week. On Saturday, so, so background is, is, is needed here, so, <laughs> so let's take a step back or two. On Saturday at the uh, Class 1A West regional track meet in Hagerstown, Uh, In the 300-meter dash, uh, Catoctin's Brody Buffington, a star sprinter who was the state champion in the 300 dash, in addition to the 55 dash last indoor season, he was disqualified at the finish of the 300 dash because he had the audacity to raise his arms and celebrate and also look over his shoulder uh, toward his teammates in the crowd at uh, the community college there. Uh, he was disqualified. They, they said it was uh, excessive celebration or premature celebration. And uh, now, uh, due to the disqualification, he won't be able to run in the state meet, which he was the clear favorite to win because that disqualification in regionals takes him out of states in that event. He'll, he'll, he won the 55 dash. He won a relay at regionals. So he'll still be in the state meet mm-hmm. for Catoctin. But uh, a likely win, a likely 10-point win for them will now not happen But barring some last-minute miracle reversal, uh, because he had the audacity to celebrate a little early, and it's been upheld twice now. Uh, uh, The meet uh, uh, official, uh, uh, they had an appeal at the meet, uh, and, and they said the disqualification stood, and then Catoctin appealed it to the MPSSAA, the state's athletic governing body, and the MPSSAA upheld it too, so... It just—it's a ridiculous story, frankly.
1: Yeah, I mean, we—we, we, we, our colleague from the Hagerstown Herald-Mail, Andy Mason, was at the meet and he filmed it. So there's video of, of uh, Brody coming down the stretch at the end of the race and uh, all he does is at the very end he kind of puts his arms up in the air and he turns around and looks at the other people in the race all of whom were on his team and they were only it was right. a heat right so there were only other katak they're only other Katochem racers in the race turned around to look at his teammates he wasn't taunting them or anything maybe he was curious how they were doing and and they uh, they, they said that, that was uh, that, that was a bad yeah, thing well, uh, uh, <laughs> like
0: like like basically the finish line official is basically disqualifying him more or less for taunting and showboating well, he would have been doing that with his with his own teammates. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it makes no sense whatsoever.
2: It, it it's it's. I, I don't know how to I don't know how to get into this without just launching on a rant about just how like, about how someone had a bone to someone had a bone to pick. and yeah, just, the, wanted, the, the, to, the, just the, wanted to make an example. Yeah, exactly. But like, no, there's really there, there's absolutely nothing that warrants a disqualification there, and like. And it's like god forbid let 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 the kids have fun like god forbid they have they have some fun and i mean he barely and we were even talking about this yesterday he barely even raised his arms like it was like it was like like, half-hearted celebration ever because he was winning by so
0: much probably if if we were having like an arm arms raising contest i'm not even sure brody
1: would have won first place in the arms
0: in the the arms raising contest so
1: and i'm sure there's a rule somewhere uh, that that, that, you know somebody has to apply judgment to and it probably says you're not supposed to celebrate before the end of the race or whatever but i mean so i guess if you try to look it up from the other person's side you could say well there's that rule but we were talking about this before i mean it'd be like getting pulled over for doing one mile over the speed limit yeah can a cop do that sure but is it reasonable for him to do it No, it is the it is, absolute is the absolute strictest it is the
0: strictest interpretation of the rule yeah. uh you have to think the meat official had heard of buffington and heard some of his accolades Thought he may have been a little full of himself for whatever reason and just was out, was set to knock him down a peg or put him in his place or uh, make an example of him. I mean,
1: I'll I'll quote a a soccer coach one time that his player did something kind of boneheaded and I asked him about it. And I remember his answer to me was I have no idea what the thought process was there. And I'll, <laughs> that's all i can say about this guy yeah right, i mean right, right. Dave,
0: dave lillard was being pretty diplomatic when i when i interviewed him he he didn't want to rip the meat official and he was diplomatic he said i don't understand the decision it was the wrong decision but we got to move on and stuff like that and, and that, that, that that's something like he would have said that's, that's basically what he did say is i just don't understand the thought process <laughs> right. and i asked him like do you think someone was out there get him or put him in his place or make it and he's like i i certainly hope not because we can't have those Types of people officiating uh, high level high school track meets. So, so yeah, I mean, it's not often that a <clears throat> indoor track and field story uh, one uh, <laughs> uh, on, on an otherwise pretty sleepy sports weekend is, is our lead topic here. But but sure enough, because this this kid has a, he has a big following. I mean, right. uh, and, and a lot of the crowd there was probably there to see him run uh, specifically. I mean, he's and,
2: number number one in the country in the fifty five. I mean, right. how often do you get? Uh, how often do you get that in in th- you know someone from Thurmont, of all places, you know, right, right. being number one in the country and in in, in in a in a track discipline? So
1: and, and then in your story, Greg, you mentioned yeah. that you know like there are people like 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 track stars from all over the Olympians and everything are yeah. commenting on this story and saying how ridiculous. Well, because, it was. because yeah.
0: they can see the video. I mean, yeah, the, right. The, uh, Andy Mason having the video out there is the greatest mm-hmm. resource because yeah. you could you could actually see. Like, you could hear it was a ridiculous ruling, but you might be led to think, oh, the coach has an ax to grind or the coach is just saying that because mm-hmm. it's his kid. But no, every, everyone could see that it wasn't an excessive celebration. Mm-hmm. He wasn't taunting. He was racing against his own teammates, so he mm-hmm. wouldn't have been inclined to taunt anyone anyway. What's he going to do, bash his teammates or something like that or put down his teammates? Mm-hmm. No. But but the fact that the video out, out there makes it all the more perfect because mm-hmm. everyone could see how ridiculous mm-hmm. this ruling is and like 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 tracks a sport that needs stars like right. like, like they, they need people uh to get excited about and stuff so like for these meat officials to be like putting down their own star athletes because they have some axe to grind or or don't want them getting a big head or whatever whatever the agenda is i mean it's just counter to uh, productive for the sport in general because if, if other kids see that they're like i'm not gonna run track right I, and, I have to well, be some emotionless robot and, and that, I have
1: a robot race let's have that instead
2: that, <laughs> that was that was the point if you go to the the, the many many comments on, on on andy's video on twitter um a lot of the, the 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 track coaches um other runners or again and even the olympians they basically made that exact point they're like they're like this is why like the sport is not growing the way it could um you know, and you gotta make why, it appealing. To you got yeah, you gotta make it appealing to people. And like, and like, and again, it's like I said, it's like God forbid people have fun doing it, doing something they love, I mean, and limits, like winning.
1: Yeah. You don't want them being like professional wrestlers or anything like that. Out right? There. Yeah, but but, I mean, but, that, he wasn't anywhere near that. But no, that's uh, that's uh, not uh, even
2: at all what you know. Yeah.
1: And, not, and, and John, you raised a great point. Yeah. Like
0: often in these distance races, mm-hmm. runners well before they cross the yeah. finish line. Sure. There, there are even even in the local Frederick County fun runs and stuff like that. Yeah. That you see the winners raising their arms yeah. well before they uh, mm-hmm. break, the ha- r- break through the tape and stuff like I mean, that. Uh, when I when I
2: was covering the half covering the half marathon, you know, uh, last year, that I mean shoot like most of the most of the people crossing the finish line had some either arms up or were like smiling or doing some like you know i mean granted it wasn't like you know i mean it was you know it wasn't like like a dead heat or anything but it was you know people were having fun that's what and that's what you do and
0: and, and even if you think if even if you're a media official and you think this is some egregious act yeah you don't disqualify the no. kid and knock him out of state. You you pull him aside yeah, and say, "Hey, bud. I mean, just, you, well, you were just you just be careful with what you're doing there. Right. You might not want to showboat so much or or have or have a little respect for your uh, fellow runners." You pull him aside and, 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 and in like, another point that was made in, in response to make it make it a teachable moment, right? Rather rather than a rather than knock the kid totally down. So I mean, people are there to see Brody run. Uh, I mean, they they come to the state meet to see him run and Now they won't get to in, in in this one particular race because hmm. of some overzealous meat official with some super strict interpretation of some rule that no one even knows about and might be right. a silly rule uh, to begin with so um well that, that that's our indoor track <laughs> and field ran uh, rant for the week uh there, there was some noteworthy basketball happening this week, too. We'll talk to Dave and RJ about the, uh, the exciting, uh, really well-played uh, game between the Ligonor and Urbana boys. Uh, Ligonor had the game-tying shot go in and out at the buzzer. Um, so, so it really was a great game, uh, very, very well played. The high scoring, too. I mean, 75-72 is a pretty mm-hmm. respectable uh, high school score. So, so we'll talk to them about that. Uh, Frederick High boys uh, keep, keep rolling along. Um, They 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 found their mojo again a a little bit the other night against TJ Alexander.
2: Yeah, they um you know the the one thing that it it, it's it's hard to find you really have to nitpick to find fault with this Frederick team, but the one thing that um that uh coach Coach Hill said they you know he hadn't he he kind of seen that maybe they needed to do better was just play like a full full four quarters or at least like get out to faster starts because he really said for the last month even in like you know even even when they were playing you know some lesser opponents they were maybe you know you know sleepwalking a little bit at the start and i mean they just just on a pure you know pure talent wise they're they're better than basically every team so like that puts them over the top and then eventually you know they would wake up and pull away but um you know he he wanted to kind of see them get out to it and i mean they played you know they played tj in the round 2 of the intercity on tuesday night and uh 20, 29 first quarter points is Uh, I, I, I don't know what the, what the season high is, but I have to imagine that's either it or it's very close. Like they just totally came out and went up 29 to 10 in the first quarter or after one quarter. And it was like, you know. I mean that was ball game basically. You know, like like they like I mean in TJ TJ honestly the rest of the way they didn't play horrible the rest of the way but like if you're spotting them a 19 point lead, you're not going to make that
0: up no I don't care how good you are. So Yeah, I mean and <laughs> in, 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 in the last week like Leganon was up 6 in the third quarter on the Frederick boys. So right. so so they had, they've had been having their sort of lulls mm-hmm. and their dull moments mm-hmm. and that's what I think Imani he yeah. wanted them to snap out of and It, it looks like they did. Right. right 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 from the get-go against TJ. So. maybe
2: maybe as I was saying maybe helped, you know, he didn't, you know, Imani he kind of, you know, threw a little bit of cold water on it, you know, being, you know, being their rival, but maybe, you know, could you if possible theory it's just that hey, this is like this is our arch rival want to show out for a, you know, a a a, a highly watched highly anticipated game every year so yeah and it was sold out and sold out in
0: front of their home crowd too so
2: Put uh, on a show. <laughs> yep. Yeah,
0: so, so the Frederick boys go to uh, 19 and 0 mm-hmm. on the season uh, with I think three games left in the regular season. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, John on the girls' side, yeah. uh, Ur- Urbana is is found its stride again, and they had the big win over Linganore the other night.
1: Yeah, Linganore's only lost two games this year, and uh, I saw both of them, so they're gonna maybe <laughs> ban me from their <laughs> games Yeah, ban you from ban you from uh, High School. <laughs> yeah, Urbana. Um, I had not seen Urbana since their opener against Middletown, and they were good then, but uh, they seem to really be on the right. They're a, they're a neat team to watch because they have two ace shooters um and hannah miles and Bree shuttlewood not one but two so it's tough if you're going to like try to you know see and 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 their last two wins uh over Linganore and before that over oakdale those two got really hot it's just really hard to stop but then they have a lana tate who can kind of she's a slasher and she can penetrate and dish and you put those two things together and she i mean she's very good at that and they're a handful and they uh they beat they, they actually dismantled Oakdale uh, the previous Friday without another one of their top players Cassidy Mahaney uh, who's another she's actually a player that can play inside and out. And uh, you know I'm, they're looking really good. Yeah, um, you
0: you think if the, when they're playing their A game, they they're a contender. When
1: these girls shoot like that, I mean, it's they're they're really tough to stop. And now, of course, you know shooting sometimes cools off, and then when they do, they're still a good team. Um, but when they have that, because they can play good defense and that type of thing, but uh, yeah, I mean, they, that was a heck of a thing, and, and it was probably again good for Linganore because Linganore needs to be you know, tested and um while we, it's interesting it was an interesting week Linganore was unbeaten in the CMC Spires and then tonight this is being Wednesday the uh, unbeaten team in the CMC Gambrel Williamsport got knocked off by Middletown so really it was a week of upsets in the girls uh in the girls scene in in the area Yeah and that, and that Gambrel
0: could be interesting for the mm-hmm. T- the title game uh, if and you said right. beats Williams for that could right. create a tiebreaker right. scenario right
1: yeah which I mean that's not unfeasible I mean Catocton's a really good team they they pushed Linganore when those two teams played and I mean, could they beat Williamsport? Sure. And if they do, then you've got a tie. I don't know how that works. I should. There's a uh, there, there could be a tie, and I don't know how that would get broken. Because you know, Williamsport beat Kotaku earlier in the season. And, so. and Ligonard, is going to be the Spires' rep more, yeah. more, more than likely? Yeah, or? they've got the one loss. So everybody else has three. I mean, mathematically, I, I guess you can't say they have have clinched it yet. I don't guess. Maybe they have, but um, they— yeah, I think they will be. Did Ligonard play well and just Urbana played better, or did Ligonard maybe have an off night? Or, well, you um... could say Ligonard was off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they got beat on the boards a lot. They were missing a lot of shots. Um, yeah, did that have a lot to do with Urbana? I'm sure it did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it was a good game. It yeah, was a good game.
0: Uh, regional wrestling is going on uh, this week. Uh, we'll have the regional uh, dual uh, semifinals on Thursday of this week. Uh And uh, if we have a team advance, it would be Saturday at North Point High School. Uh, Five teams uh, still remaining. Uh, Ligonor is the top seed in the 3A West. And uh, they'll host a very interesting region uh, Thursday night. Uh, They have Springbrook, the team that knocked them out of the regional duels last year. They'll wrestle. And then uh, if Ligonor wins that, they'll wrestle the winner of of the match between Damascus, the state state powerhouse, and Tuscarora who will wrestle on an adjacent mat at Leganor at 5.30 on Thursday. Uh, so the winners of that will meet. So Ligonor's got a tough road. I mean, they, they've been the best team in the county all season. They, they've beaten all the Frederick County teams, but, but they have uh, maybe the toughest road. Uh, Middletown has uh, is, is been one of our top teams too. They'll be at Manchester Valley. Um, and then we have uh, Brunswick at uh, Northern Garrett um, out in Western Maryland. And also Urbana at uh in um uh There's Northwest uh, High School, North, I think. Northwest yeah. High School in Montgomery County. Yeah. Uh, that thanks for thanks for reminding me there, Alexander. But Urbana's at Northwest. So five teams vying this week uh, to make uh the state dual semifinals and championship match. And I wanted to ask you, Alexander. You had an interesting story this week in the paper, a feature story about Zion Ortiz mm-hmm. of, of, of MSD. Tell us about Zion.
2: Yeah. So I mean, Zion is one of he, he's he's arguably MSD's best all-around athlete. I mean, yeah, he's an awesome he's an awesome football you know, player. An awesome football player uh, and he you know he's a, a you know a pretty solid contributor to their, to their boys basketball team. I mean, he averages around I think it's eleven point two points per game at last check. So you know he, he's he's a pretty pretty good just pretty good at 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 everything and you know I, I kind of as you do with 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 a, with a smaller school like you know with a smaller private uh, or not private school but a smaller school like MSD um you know you you kind of have to have people play multiple sports just just to fill teams and so he he has an unusual combination this uh this this winter uh in which he is he's uh, you know he's on the basketball team but he also for the first time as as like a as like a prof- as like, not professional but as like a varsity team uh he's joined the wrestling team uh he had wrestled he wrestled just casually he said back in like fifth grade he was on some like some like youth like some youth team but it was it wasn't you know wasn't anything serious um and he hadn't wrestled since then but he got uh he got injured actually or he re aggravated uh his uh his his uh left knee injury that he had um in the, in their season, in the basketball season opener. And so he was like, well, I need something to do, you know, to, to, to fill the time. And he was like, it's my senior year. Let me just try wrestling. So he did. And he, and he kind of, you know, I mean, he's got like the raw athleticism and remembered some basic techniques from, you know, from then. So he, he made the team and, you know, he's been wrestling, you know, 175, 182, 190, somewhere in kind of the middle to upper weights. But, um, and he's won. He's won most of his bouts in wrestling. And I mean, he's you know, the the uh. Yeah, I was having an email exchange with their wrestling coach, Rich, uh, Richard Dahan, De, um, last week, and he basically told me like he's had kids do both before,
0: but never at as high of level not just at one, but at both. Yeah, I mean, because, you know? I mean, the, the practice demands for both are, are right. you just can't show up it, at a wrestling match and win. Right,
2: and sometimes, and he said, you know, sometimes they do, sometimes it's five hours a day, often back to back. Um, you know, it's like, it's like you do basketball first and then wrestling. But uh, it, it's it's just very intensive. But, you know, he, um mean, he, he likes, he likes both. And I mean, you know, he's, he, he's, he's a, his back on the court so he's still playing basketball but I mean he's good at do he like basketball
0: better yeah so or? he
2: said he said if he had, if like you know if he had to choose he would choose basketball as his, as his preference but or as a priority but um he he's fortunately been able to do both because there's been very little overlap um in the uh um very little overlap between between the two schedules um he said the main thing that he would have liked that he would prioritize is... Both of the respective deaf school tournaments, but those were those were on consecutive weekends, but they never overlapped. Um, it, so, what's
0: his best sport? Football, right?
2: Football's probably his best sport. Yeah, but um, but I mean, he's again, he's just again, I, I hard to find someone who's just as naturally like athletic or as like talented at you know just can just I mean like with wrestling, just steps into a very physically demanding sport that he hasn't you know that he hasn't ever played seriously and like you know last did casually like seven eight years ago um you know he and do and, and do really well at it i mean he's again he's won the majority of his bouts so you know yeah, it's,
0: it's a really cool story so uh fcps swimming and diving mm-hmm. uh is this week our man alexander will be there i uh, never covered swimming or diving before no it's
2: i was saying i was kind of racking my brain because i had to i've i've had to you know, obviously through this, and then also some of the freelance stuff I did before I came last year. I was covering some more like some of the like you know smaller sports or some more odds and ends. So I've covered I've covered most sports and most high school sports now, but I believe swimming and diving
0: is the last one I have to. Well, it's about time we check to that take box. off. So let's, let's check be that an, box. It,
2: it'll be an interesting couple of days at Walkersville this weekend. Yeah, while
0: well, we expect the full report, sir. Yes, uh, next week. So. <laughs> Guys, thank you. On the other side of this break, we'll talk to Dave Cromer and RJ Roach of Urbana Boys Basketball. Stay with us here on The Final Score. All right. Very pleased to welcome onto the program the uh, head coach of the Urbana High School Boys Basketball team, Dave Cromer. And uh, one of the top players in the county this season, Uh, sophomore player RJ Roach for the Hawks. Uh, the other night, uh, Urbana improved to 13-5 and five overall with the 75-72 thrilling victory, really, uh, over Ligonier High School. Uh, it's the Hawks. Uh, it's a sweep of the season series uh, for the Hawks, uh, who hadn't beaten Ligonier uh, since 2015. Right, Dave? Correct. So, so, so it was a big win, and it wasn't decided until uh, Jake Vollmer of Ligonier, his, thre- his corner three-pointer uh went in and then it popped out at the buzzer uh, to preserve the win for the hawks uh rj that was a lot of fun to watch that game or was it a lot of fun to play in as well
3: yeah yeah for sure it was a it was a lot of fun to play and i was not saying it during the game
0: well what, what, what made it so fun i mean you and a aj volmer um uh, who have known each other for a long time you guys played what uh, AAU ball together or you played youth basketball together or what's, your, what's your background um, with aj
3: he was uh we were in the same program. We used to play for G Town. He was the uh group above me. He was the H group um above me uh at the time. So I knew of him and then obviously when I came to Urbana I found out that he was playing here as well. So yeah, it was fun to play against him.
0: Yeah, it was it was a real back and forth battle between you guys. He had sixteen in the first quarter on his way to thirty one. Uh you had eighteen in the second quarter on your on your way to uh, 33 points in that game. Did, did it feel like a one-on-one battle, RJ, at, at times? Um, it didn't feel like a one-on-one battle uh, on Urbana's side, but
3: definitely defensively it felt like AJ was just coming down and scoring a lot, so it kind of felt like a one-on-one scenario there. But I, I just felt like the ball was just getting filtered to me more and I was just scoring it more.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you, you certainly uh, had had some help uh, from from your teammates, uh, Aaron Humes came off the bench and gave you some big uh, rebounds and and, and putbacks. Uh, uh, Jude uh, Hughesby uh, made made a number of big shots in the second half. He had a great second half for you guys, and of course uh, Aaron Schaffner, you're uh, you're your, your super freshman. Uh, he I think he had the basket uh, that, that put you ahead for good at um, 73, uh, to, uh, seventy three uh, to seventy. How how were you guys able to pull that game out, RJ?
3: Um like like you said uh aaron's putback rebounds were huge and also i think the main reason why we won that game was because we made our free throws we went 20 for 26 21 for 26 or something like that which is something that we usually we haven't been doing the season but we should be and i think that's why we won the game without free throws we wouldn't have won the game
0: how are you guys not good at shooting free throws i mean you, i'm sure you practice them every day right Uh, It's a good question. We've been asking
4: ourselves the same question because we do shoot a lot of them every day.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, why aren't you guys better from the line, RJ?
3: Uh, I mean, I don't get to the line as much as I should, but I can't speak for the rest of the team. We should be making them.
0: And, and there's a theory why you don't get to the line as much as you should, right, Dave? He's he's not attacking the basket aggressively enough, correct? He's settling for so, too many jumpers. Yeah, so
4: we, we we've talked about it a lot this year and uh, trying to trying to get RJ to attack the basket a little bit more. Um, I think uh, you know, obviously he's he's probably if not the best, one of the best shooters in the county. Um, and as the season's going on, teams have started to kind of kind of kind of focused their defense on just trying to shut down the outside shot. So um, we were really, really pleased with how he had, he took over in the Lignore game and, and started driving the ball to the basket more. And, and we talked a little bit today about in practice, how it was kind of a little bit of an eye eye-opening experience for him, understanding that, by attacking a little bit more, um, it actually opened the three-point line up for him. And then also by getting the foul line 11 times, uh, you know, that's uh, if we can get the foul line 8 to 10 times a game, that's just easy baskets for us. Um, and then not only was he able to get to the basket and make, uh, make plays for himself late in the game, he was also able to make plays for his teammates as he also had five assists.
0: Yeah, and it wasn't just the 33 points and five assists. It was his 13 rebounds, too. And I know you've been talking about that with him as well.
4: Yeah, we've been talking a lot about that as well. Um, yeah, double double is great for him. And, uh, you know, it's something that we know he's capable of doing. And, uh, and, and and it just, again, we've talked a lot this year about uh, kind of a team philosophy and, and everybody doing all the little things. And, and I think each and every week we get a little bit better with that. And, 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 you know, if he continues to, to kind of progress the way we think he will, I mean, we just think the sky's the limit for his game and
3: for himself.
0: Uh, RJ, why were you such a force on the boards uh, the other night against Ligonor?
3: Um, I feel like I've had the potential to get rebounds like that every game. I just really wasn't putting my mind to it enough. Because uh, if I'm being honest, I like getting breakout dunks. But I knew I knew we needed to rebound that game t- in order to win because Ligonor shoots a lot. So uh, just being around the basket and helping out my teammates, um, they're really uh, – feisty around the board so i just need to help them out and uh i feel like i use my jumping ability my uh, advantage i kind of jump over people and grab it before they can so
0: so instead of boxing out sometimes you're 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 leaking out looking for an outlet pass uh, just for just for an open dunk is, is that how it works uh occasionally not all the time though. okay but were you focused on boxing out in that game and just just just, just yeah for sure for sure getting getting the rebound and, hmm. and, and David, it was such a great game. What were your stress levels like uh, on, on, on the bench over there?
4: A lot of emotion in that game. And we we came out a little bit slow. Um, I, I really, actually, going back a little I don't think we really came out so i think they came out with a lot of emotion um, and they hit a lot of shots early um the great thing about us all year is we've been in that situation before we don't panic uh, we didn't panic as staff we didn't panic as a team uh we knew once uh once they uh their emotion kind of wore off we thought we could easily get ourselves back into the game which we were able to do um so we were able to overcome some 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 early uh early emotion from them and some early baskets from them um so once we settled in and started playing um uh, my, my my stress level got down a little bit um but then they were it, it rised back up quickly there at the end of the end of the first half when yeah, you, uh, we didn't execute the way we wanted to yeah you,
0: you said one shot and said you got a you, you took up you, you took a quick shot and then which, which gave them a chance to score which of course they cashed in on with a four-point play so so one right. point, a one-point uh, deficit potentially, or maybe even the lead at halftime, turned into a five-point deficit.
4: Yeah, that that that's that's difficult too to overcome. And so again, a, a great testament to our team and to our guys who you know could have really had that affect them in the locker room at halftime. And I don't think it really did. Actually, if anything, I thought you know when we walked in the locker and hearing them talk amongst themselves, it kind of united them again to to want to come out and play really really hard in the third quarter, which we were able to do, and we were able to get it back tied at the end of the third quarter, and then. I just thought the fourth quarter was a great basketball game, uh, back and forth. Uh, I think you said in the paper it was five 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 lead changes, and we were very fortunate to make the. I thought the the winning plays at the end, and Aaron Aaron Humes, I thought made most of those winning plays. Um, he got the the rebound off of foul line to to, to make that, and then. Um, Aaron made a great, great pass to Aaron Schaffner there at the end to kind of give us the lead. So, um, you know, we've been in a lot of close games throughout the year. And I think, you know, something that we were unable to do last year, we're, we're really learning how to win a lot of those close games, which we've done most of the time.
0: Uh, RJ, AJ Vollmer came out. Uh, he, he was, he was, uh, on fire, uh, to start the game. He had 16, uh, quick points there and you got, you guys were down, uh, uh, 13 in, in that, in that first quarter. What is it about you guys that makes you not panic in those situations? And why have you been so good at just staying with it when you guys find yourselves down like that?
3: Um, I mean, like coach said, there's been a lot of times where we've been down and uh, like, we kind of just don't give up. Like in my, my mindset was AJ had his run, like he's playing well, but we know how to shut him down or we know how to like work around it. And also I knew that, Cause I was, I was starting to get in the groove of the game at that point. Like I was starting to warm up. So I knew that our offense was going to be there. We just needed to close in on defense. And then pretty sure against TJ, we came out slow. We were down like 10 in the first quarter, but we just, we always work around that. And we always know like we come together as a team and just try to make the deficit like uh lower as the game goes on. So, I mean, so great, great, I can
4: add to that too. Um, you know, I think, you know, it, it speaks a little bit to our compete level. So one thing that we've tried to instill over the last two years, um, and especially this year, is, is just our compete level. Uh, our compete level in practices, I think it carries over. We have something every day we call our war drill um, that we do every single day. It's, it starts as a defensive drill. Um, we're, you know, to you know, the, the, the defensive team has to get three consecutive stops to get the ball back. Uh, we keep score. Um, you know, there's different things, you know, the the offense team get a point for an offensive rebound. If you get beat baseline, that's an a, team, a point for the offensive team. So we do a, a lot of things in that compete drill every single day and we, we call it the most important drill of the day. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's really a competitive drill where each team's really trying really hard to try to win that drill. Losing team obviously has to pay a penalty. Um, so I think that, that just, that, the, that practice mentality carries over during games where we just feel like we can always compete through things and, and we just don't, uh, don't, don't like to lose.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the most important drill followed by the free throws. Uh, right. That's
4: correct. Okay. I and mean, we, we do we do go right after that into some free throws. So yeah. <laughs> so um, but uh, you know, it it it's interesting. Um, you know, that's the most we've been to the line all year too. Um so I think there was a little bit of a correlation of that. I thought we had an attack mentality most of the game. We got to the free throw line a lot. And and sometimes, you know, making free throws is the right people get into the free throw line and and our RJ getting to the free throw line would be the right person to the free throw line. He got to the free throw line 11 times. So um, when we get, you know, Aaron, Jude, and RJ getting to the free throw line, you know, I'm expecting success.
0: You guys have a big three. That's your big three, right?
4: That is our big three. We we talked about that early on. Um, you know, if you look at all the great teams through the NBA, um, they always talk about their big three. And 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 that's our big three here at Havana. And and they're all a little bit different. Um, all three shoot the ball really, really well. Um, you know, they all can do different things. Um, you know, last time I checked, Jude was, I think, top, top, top ten in the county in scoring. Uh, second in the re, uh county and rebounding and i think top 3 in in assist. Um so they're all dynamic in what the things they do and again they're all 6'4 to 6'5 so um you know that's a benefit too to have three bigger players that can attack the basket but also can handle the basketball. Uh
0: you guys are you guys are 13 and 5 now. Uh, the, the playoffs are um uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. One of your five losses was to Frederick High and you guys frankly played really well in that game and 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 really pushed them. Uh, more than most teams have this season, what what, what can uh, pulling out the big win at Ligon, what can that do for you guys as you as you as you face this tough stretch uh, before the playoffs and then into the postseason? You
4: know, we've been talking a little bit about that. Um, I think that, you know, we talk about just trying to um, we just talk about trying to get better each and every week. Um, so with trying to get better each and every week. Um, we're just trying to make sure and ensure that we're playing our best basketball in February or late February. So um, every time, uh, even after we've lost the bas- uh, lost the basketball game, um, we've tried to learn something from that. So again, another, the Lignore game, I think what it teaches us is, you know, we can, we can win a close ball game in, uh, in a hostile environment. So, you know, that's a close ball game on the road. Um, and, you know, there's a good chance that, if we want to win a region we're going to have to do that on the road this year so um i think that should be a good learning lesson to our guys that you know in a close ball game we can make those plays in a hostile environment and hopefully come up with a victory
0: uh rj what will that game do for you uh you, you you attacked the basket a little more you weren't uh you weren't just settling for jumpers uh you were rebounding and boxing out uh coach said it opened your eyes um a little bit how, how much so going forward um
3: Before in the earlier in the season, I was getting most of my points from just three pointers, and it was a success for a while up until teams started to like face guard me as soon as we would get in the ball. Usually, it's a usually it doesn't work, but for our for our the way our offense is run, it did work and it was effective. Like I mean, that's how he lost it Tuscarora. That's how other games have been really close because they've shut down uh, me and Aaron's three pointer, but. Especially against Linganore, they tried doing that. Last time we played, Linganore, Chase had me... He did kind of shut me down. I only had six points that game, and I was in foul trouble. Um, but this game, I knew that just being more of a complete player and helping out my teammates on both ends would uh, definitely give us the advantage. And I think going forward into the season, um, I think I can definitely play like that, and I just know that I should do that in order for us to win.
0: And and, and the Chase you refer to, of course, is uh, Chase uh, Rokiski of Linganore. Yeah. How worried were you that that you let Jake uh, hit the game winner? I mean, did your heart skip a beat when when the shot looked like it was down uh, for a second? Uh, there, you weren't going to lose. I mean, it was just going to tie the game, but but still, uh, that shot looked like it was down, right? Yeah, um, it was a little too close
3: for comfort. I actually thought he was. I thought his foot was on the line, but I looked back at it and it wasn't. But it was too close for comfort.
0: Did you? Went de- in and out. Yeah. Did you defend that sequence properly,
4: Dave? I thought we did, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a, it's a subject. we just want to make sure we contested it um you know I got asked a lot by by several other coaches did we discuss fouling in that situation um I thought there was too much time on the clock to foul in that situation with uh nine almost you know almost nine seconds left in the game I think if it would have been maybe under five we might have might have gone that direction um so I I thought we contested it um we didn't want to foul in that situation foul jump shot there so uh, we got a hand in space um you know uh you know we closed out on it well. I thought we, you know, at the worst, as you said, the worst thing that would have happened there would just force us into overtime there. Um, and we've we 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 were two and zero in the overtime going into that game. So um, I thought we played it well. I thought we played it the right way. And and fortunately, the bounce went our way in that game.
0: Uh, talk about your closing stretch here a little bit too. Yeah, uh, you, you have Walkersville on Friday. They've been one of the best teams in the county. Uh, you have TJ still, right? And and then you play uh, your your rematch uh, with Frederick High, who's been one of the best teams in the state all season. So. What do you what do you think these uh, final three games will do for you heading into the postseason, Dave?
4: I think it'll just kind of again, it'll test us, it'll challenge us, uh, should make us better. Um, you know, and and kind of see where we are and see the things we may need to work on before we get into the playoffs. Um, you know, I was talking uh, on the radio uh, a week ago, and I I really believe that uh, Frederick basketball doesn't get enough, Frederick County basketball doesn't get enough credit around the state. Um, really really good basketball up here and really really good teams up here. Um, you know, with Oakdale winning a state championship last year. Um, so you know, to make it through the gauntlet of Frederick County basketball. Um, uh, you know, this year for us, uh, should position us well going into the state playoffs.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you guys won't have to see Frederick High in the playoffs because they're a 3A school, you're, you're a Not 4A Not this school. year. I think
4: they're going up to 4A next year, unfortunately. So. Uh, okay,
0: so, so you won't have to deal with them this year, and you're probably glad about that to some extent, although you always love the challenge. Um, talk about their chances of, of maybe winning a 3A and making it a second straight year for a county team winning Class 3A. Um, I think
4: they have all the pieces. Um, they definitely have the pieces. They're playing well. They're extremely well coached. I think Tay does a great job there with them um and i think uh the formula is there for them i mean i think they follow the blueprints of what oakdale did um you know i think they have a really good shot um i know there's some other really good 3a uh teams out there this year i know damascus is really really good we scrimmaged them uh uh early in the year um so there will be their challenges out there for them um but uh i think they have the talent um and 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 they
0: have op- absolutely have an opportunity uh well what what about them makes them so good so so tough to
4: play You know, they're athletic at all, all five possessions. I think they share the basketball really, really well. Um, They, 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 they look for that extra pass a lot. Um, And, you know, again, they really guard the basketball well. I mean, I think they're holding all their teams around 45 points a a game. So when you, when you share the basketball and you guard really, really well, um, you're really difficult to play against.
0: Yeah. Uh, RJ, how do you look at these final three games, which, which will all be good tests uh, heading into the playoffs?
3: Um, I'm excited. They're definitely tougher games, but I mean, I'd rather tougher games than just easy games because it'll help us prepare for the playoffs. We can't go into the playoffs just like nonchalant with an attitude like that we're going to win. Um, it's not like they're, it's not like they're not winnable. I think they're definitely all winnable games. And, um, I just think it'll prepare us well for the uh, start of the playoffs
0: uh how will you deal with on friday against walkersville how will you deal with uh the the, the two big guys and all and also uh, Shaden hansen as well
4: i don't know uh do you have a
0: scouting report that you can share with us? You have a game plan? i, I, I don't uh, that's don't? why I, that's why i was asking you
4: <laughs> okay um yeah we, we've talked about it um you know, I think uh, what we're going to look to do is, you know, do our best to try to clog out the paint as best as possible, um, try to force them to be, become more of a jump shooting team. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if we can do that, um, I think the game's going to come down to who, at the end of the day, wins the rebounding battle. I think uh, keeping them off the offensive boards. Um and and making sure that we can win that rebounding battle is going to be you know uh, it'll be a challenge, but I think uh, in the end the team that does that that rebounds the ball the best will probably come out with the victory.
0: Uh, who will you be guarding, RJ? And, and do you like guarding the other uh, team's best player? Uh, I'm not sure who I'm guarding yet, but
3: I just like it doesn't necessarily have to be the best player. I think Christian is our best defender on our team, so I, I trust him guarding their best player and uh, anyone who I guard, I just look to shut down, play health defense, all that stuff.
0: Right. How often do you deal with uh, two bigs like like Walkersville has? Um, that's the
3: first I think
4: we've really – I mean, I think uh, Oakdale really didn't put their two bigs on the court uh, at all. So this will be the – again, it will be a new test for us. Um, you know, I think we're big enough to handle it. Um It'd just be different. Uh, you know, we're gonna have to probably have some of our bigger guards have to guard, you know, more of a post player where they've been guarding, you know, wings most of the year. So um I think the other thing that we talked about a little bit today in practice is gonna be important for us is to stay out of foul trouble. Um, we're not super deep. Um Right now we're going about seven, eight deep most games. Um and we're uh once we get into our bench, um, you know, once we get past Aaron Hume's off the bench, um, we also lose some size too. So um it's gonna be it's gonna be a challenge for us to, you know, make sure that we're playing uh playing really good defense, walling them up and doing it without fouling.
0: Uh speaking of bigs, how big is Aaron Schaffner?
4: Um, I think he's a solid 6'4", 200 pounds, which is not bad for a freshman.
0: Yeah, I, that, that's my question. Have you ever seen a freshman built as well as he is built?
4: Um, no, he was built that way in eighth grade, too. So, uh, you know, we saw him in eighth grade, and, uh, you know, I get that question a lot. So uh, when when, uh, when they see him play— um, and then we I have to remind everybody that he's a freshman. Uh, we get a lot of a lot of wide eyes. Um, so um, you know, I in, in, in the the scary thing, Reg, is you know his best days are still ahead of him. Um, he continues to prove as the season goes on. Um, and you know, sometimes when we make some play, when he makes different plays out there, we have to remind ourselves that he is only a freshman.
0: Well, what do you think when Aaron Schaffner walked in the gym, RJ, for the first time? Um, I know I heard of some freak athlete in eighth grade last year
3: but when i saw him the first time and i saw him dunk i was just kind of like i wasn't like that my freshman year
0: <laughs> i don't think many of us were right
3: yeah i know i mean i know i was pretty athletic my freshman year but i didn't look like that i wasn't very strong i mean he's still pretty pretty he's got some size on me still
0: hey, yeah it's gonna be fun playing with him for the next uh two years after this and dave you have him for for three more years coaching him so that's not that's not a bad thing
4: very excited. Uh, very excited. Like we say, we think uh, Urbana basketball is on the on the way up and, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have a really good JV team and uh, we're really excited about where we're going to go the rest of this season and and the future's bright here.
0: All right. We're running a little low on time, but basketball is not your sport by trade, Dave. And we, we could do a whole nother podcast on this and we might. I, I might have you back on to talk about this, but you are a professional golfer. So first yeah. of all, did you play, did you play basketball growing up? Is, is that how you got into I did. coaching? So
4: played basketball in high school and college uh, was also playing golf at the same time growing up, um, played two years of basketball at Hagerstown community college, and then finished up uh, playing basketball at Pfeiffer in North Carolina. Um, and then my senior year uh, decided to go out for the golf team and, and didn't play in a lot of matches my senior year in college, but did play golf. Um, and then. When I got out of college, I uh, had an opportunity to either get into coaching college basketball or get into the golf uh, business, uh, and it was kind of a coin toss for me. And I was, at the time, I was really tired of, of, of school. Um, and the first college coaching job was, uh, was more a grad assistance job. Um, so I went the route of the golf professional and, uh, and didn't do much with basketball other than maybe play some men leagues during the, during the winter for, for several years until my kids, uh, started, to, to play. Um, so, um, you know, Now I feel like I'm getting to do the, you know, the two things I'm most passionate about every day. And, you know, I would think there's a lot of people that like to trade places with me. They can go to a golf course during the day and then, and then come work with, uh, you know, uh, the, the the kids here at Urbana and and coach basketball in the evenings.
0: Yeah. You're you're very tall. How, how, how tall are you, Dave? I'm six foot seven, six foot seven. So tall for a golfer. Yeah. I I was going to, are you, first of all, are you the tallest, are you taller than any of your players on the Urbana team? Um I am probably the tallest
4: player on the team currently, yes. You are. Okay. And <laughs> yeah. does
0: your height help you or hinder you playing golf? I imagine it helps, right? It
4: can help. Yeah. So obviously, um you know, you got to have great eye hand coordination when you're, you know, especially the taller you get. Um so it helps me in the fact that I can create a lot of leverage. So the more leverage you create, the more speed you create. So um even at, you know, at, at the the right young age of 50, I still hit the ball pretty far. Um so, you know, you know, playing against some of my peers at the same age, you know, I think gives me a tremendous advantage to be able to hit the ball as far as I do um, you know utilize some of that speed with with my size
0: and, and you're the head pro at uh, Lakewood um, uh, golf club I am. I've been at Lakewood Country
4: Club now for 25 years. Hey, where is is Lakewood? Uh, It's in Rockville, so uh, real close to Wooten High School. Um, You know, really nice country club uh, built in the 60s. You know, we have a great membership. Uh, They take really good care of me. Um, And like I said, I've been there for 25 years. Um, And like I said, very fortunate to to be able to work with that group of members every day and then uh, get to come here in the evenings
0: uh rj said he doesn't play uh, much golf are you going to twist his arm a little bit or um... uh, we
4: might we might work on that a little bit this summer give him something to do in the off season
0: because he's tall too so he could use that leverage to to hit some drives too right so so we uh, we've done two team
4: activities this year and our team activity has been bowling so maybe our next team activity will top golf so maybe we can go take them all to the golf uh, and, and see if they can uh hit the golf ball next
0: uh most famous golf course you've ever played St. Andrews. You've played St. Andrews. Okay. I have played yeah. St.
4: Andrews. Yes. St. Andrews, Scotland.
0: Have you played? Uh, M, have you played Pebble Beach and a lot of the domestic golf uh, uh, courses?
4: My favorite in the states is, uh, is 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 in Kohler. So Whistling Straits uh, is my favorite in the states, uh, where they played the the Ryder Cup and the PGA Championship. Um, I, I've been fortunate to play a lot of great golf courses uh, throughout the throughout the years. Um, and, uh, there are several in the United States. Um, so I've been very fortunate in that, um, but we're very fortunate just that, you know, again, a lot of people, when you say Lakewood country club, they don't know who, where that is or who it and, and what it is. Um, but we have a Reese Jones golf course that I'd put up as one of the probably top two or three golf courses in the
0: state. Yeah. And what was the St. Andrews round? Was it, was that your most memorable and favorite round or?
4: Um... Yeah, that was one of my favorite. Um, actually I played better at Carnoustie. Um, so I would say that was a little bit more memorable round. uh, um, um, but, uh, you know, getting to play over in Scotland was a lot of fun. Uh, I did that several years ago.
0: Have you played all the British Open uh,
4: um, uh, courses? I, I played all the major British, British Open venues. Yeah, that, 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 was, uh, that was one uh, bucket list uh, thing that I've been able to check. Check off. Uh, my next one is Ireland. I would I really like to go to Ireland next. Um, and uh and, and I haven't played a lot on the West Coast. So I haven't played Pebble Beach. Um, haven't been out to to to, to Oregon to play any of those golf courses. So um that you know, you know, hopefully over the next several years get an opportunity to kind of check off some of those boxes too.
0: Your 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 best score is sixty-five. Sixty five. You you've never been below sixty-five? Been below
4: 65. Wow.
0: That's got to be a bucket list item too, I would imagine. Yeah, 65.
4: Yeah. So, um, you know, I've focused most of my career on teaching and managing. So um, I would consider myself a good player um um you know uh, i was telling you earlier um you're, a, scra- 50- you're a scratch golfer I would yeah imagine, we consider right. myself a scratch golfer yeah so um i um turned 50 this past year so able to play in some of our senior PJ events and uh you know had a good two days this past summer was able to qualify for a national uh, senior championship and got to play in new mexico um didn't play great in new mexico but um, that was a really great experience that was the biggest tournament i ever played in my life
0: uh, you, you got you gotta start, you're getting closer to shooting your age, right? Yeah. Uh,
4: hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I got a long way to go before I, I get closer to <laughs> so shooting my age.
0: Well, I mean, in nine years you'll shoot at 59, I'm sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're running low on time, but, but, uh, you've had a great season so far. It's been fun watching you play and, and, and we look forward to watching, uh, the, the stretch run unfold here as, as you guys get ready to head into the playoffs. Uh, Dave Cromer, uh, the coach of the Urbana High bo- uh, Boys basketball team. Uh, sophomore guard R.J. Roach, thanks for joining us, guys, and, and best of luck going forward.
4: Thanks, great. Hopefully uh, you get to see us a little bit more this year, and uh, hopefully we get to do this again sometime in the future. Yep. Mm-hmm. Th- Thank you.
0: Thanks so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Uh, all right, and that'll do it for us this week here on The Final Score. Thanks to uh, Alexander Dacey and John Cannon for coming on a little earlier, talking Frederick County sports, and we will be back uh, next week with another episode. I hope to have another exciting guest for you. So take care, everyone, and we'll see you back next week here on The Final Score.